Hello, it is me, your favourite English small business fanatic. And I'm just jumping in quickly at the beginning here before the intro kicks in to let you know that the first couple of minutes on the interviewee's side on this episode is just a little fuzzy. You can still hear it fantastically, but it is just a little fuzzier than normal. There was just a bit of a connection issue for the first couple of minutes, but after that, the audio becomes perfect. And the reason that I've left that in is because the episode is packed full of amazing, amazing tips to help your website excel online. So I wanted to leave as much of that in there as possible. So just a bit of a heads up, guys. Adios. Enjoy. Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Well, hello there, you fine, fine, fine small business podcasting folk. And thank you so much for joining me, Mark Asquith here on Excellence Expected. It really does mean a lot that you uh, you choose to spend this 30 minutes with us, so I really do mean that. Now, the issue that we're going to define, challenge, and conquer today is something that plagues most business owners at some point in their life, if not actually constantly. And that is how you can actually get your website to generate income or generate something positive for your business. How do you make this thing that you've spent time and money on, the shop window, if you will, how do you stop it being just the shop window and actually turn it into something that converts? And it's a massive, massive problem. You know, we struggle with it all of the time, all of the time. And when I was at New Media Europe a few months ago, in fact, a few weeks ago as this airs, I met a fantastic person, someone who did an amazing talk on this. And I thought to myself, do you know what? This would make an amazing episode for the guys listening to Excellence Expected. So that is what we're going to talk about today. And joining me is the founder of Invincible Startup, someone who has taken website conversions to the next level for clients globally. Welcome to the show, Mr. Trajan King. How are you? I am fantastic. Your enthusiasm just kind of woke me up. It's, uh, it's night here in Paris at 7 o'clock. I've been working all day. But your accent and your enthusiasm just kind of reinvigorated me. Well, that's a good start. It is. Yeah, <laughs> you've got some good energy. Well, what can I say? It's the green tea, Trajan. It keeps me going. It keeps <laughs> right. me going. <laughs> and all those weights you've been pumping, that keeps you going. Keeps well, you I don't know about that. That, that knocks me up. out. That's awful. I did a periscope today after a leg session. I was I don't know how I held the phone and carried on walking. It was it was awful. I did not like wow. any good, of that. Good thing you weren't chewing gum also at the same time. Whoa, <laughs> let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about you for a second, sir. We are going to get to uh, to the problem at hand, but I just want to okay. put you into some context and you know give the guys listening out there a little bit of your background. So tell everyone what you do and specifically you know a bit about your journey and how you ended up doing what you're doing today. Okay, sure. Well, I'll start with the journey. I'm obviously American from my my accent, and I started my career after college working on Wall Street for a big investment bank, and I worked there for a couple of years. Didn't really actually like the hours, so I left there and moved to Silicon Valley where I was a consultant, and that's kind of where I got into the internet craze, and that was in 1998. So I've been doing this for a few years, and I worked with a lot of the big companies, eBay and Yahoo and IBM, Cisco, Adobe, and all those all those people back in the day. And that was my introduction to the internet. And since then, I've been working on different startups, either my own or other people, and all mostly internet related. And one of the problems that companies always run into is how to sell more with your website, how to get more 
conversion. So I got more and more interested in that and have been consulting on that for, for a long time. And then I have a company that does uh, conversion optimization, conversion consulting. And um, since I've been involved in so many startups, uh, more than 15, uh, most of them are, are mine. And then I've run a couple of multi-million dollar companies. Uh, that's how I created Invisible Startup, which is a training platform and networking community for entrepreneurs and startups, because that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about about companies and trying to figure out new ways to to serve an audience and to solve a problem. I think that's one of the things that any business, especially a website, should should focus on is identifying a problem and who has the problem and then solving that problem for the people. And the more you can do that, the better everything will be, including your conversions, which is what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it, it really is a big problem. So where did website conversions and specifically the idea that you wanted to help people with these conversions, when did that pique your interest? And you know, when did you start to move into that commercially for people? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Historically, the industry has been focused for a long time on SEO, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, traffic generation. And it hasn't been until recently that there's more of an emphasis on conversions. I got into conversions probably a little bit earlier, about probably five years ago, uh, specifically with conversion optimization. And now it has become it has become a bigger industry. Just as a point of reference, uh, most uh, industry-wide, people spend about $97 to get people to their website and only $1 to toward converting them to the website. So those numbers are kind of skewed when we look at how much time and energy and money people are spending to generate traffic, whether it's ads or organic or SEO or whatever. Um, a lot of money and effort goes into getting the traffic, but not so much into actually converting that traffic. And that's kind of been a more recent industry development in the last few years. Do you know, it feels, it feels so logical when we say it out loud, Website conversion optimization, you know, the act of making your website better at converting visitors. But actually, that, that statistic is startling. You know, why, why do you think it's so skewed in the favor of getting the traffic to the website? Why do you think that actually happens? Well, if we think about it from a brick and mortar standpoint, think about all the, all the businesses, retail businesses that are just not laid out very well. And to use an example, when Apple launched their Apple stores years ago, they put a lot of time and effort into designing the layout of the store, designing the front of the store, the layout inside, the way the desks are positioned, the lighting. They spent a lot of time and money and, and hired consultants that could advise them on how to design the optimal store for conversions in the brick and mortar world. And when the Apple stores launched, that it was so obviously different, a different kind of store than most retail stores, they really stood apart. I mean, do you remember the first time you went into an Apple store, how different it was from most of the stores, especially computer stores? Oh, it's completely amazing because it continues to be the busiest shop in any shopping mall that you go into. And I remember seeing the, the I don't know if this is an urban legend or whether it's actually genuine, you know, the idea that Steve Jobs had one of these stores prototyped in the Mojave Desert somewhere ready for its Fifth Avenue opening so that you could walk around it and test all of this mm -hmm. stuff out, which, you know, it's an amazing, amazing thing to think about that. Yeah, I've, I've heard the same, the same story. 
And if you think about how, especially computer stores, but this goes for retail or any kind of store where before that it was just rows of rows of computer stuff. The store would be smaller, it would be crowded, there'd be boxes on the side. You know, there's still stores like this, unfortunately. But most computer stores you'd go to would be totally different. And often when we think about conversion, we think about online conversion and websites, but conversion can happen in a lot of different ways, whether it's on your website or in your retail store, like we just talked about with with the Apple store. And now stores are starting to focus more on that. Microsoft launched their stores and they're laid out pretty much the same as Apple stores. Retail is doing a lot of conversion optimization to get people to see their, their products. And uh, grocery stores have long done this where they put all of the, they put the, the food that are the staples, like the milk and the bread, they put that in the back of the store. So you need to go through the store to pass all of the other products. So you're going to, they walk you past all of the chocolate to make sure that you see that and you put that in your basket, stuff like that. So it's not just online retail. It's uh, it's everywhere around us. And conversions isn't always a sale. It could be a lot of things on your website. It could be getting people to opt into your email list or give you some feedback or open up a chat or give you a phone call or view a specific page you want. So whatever the conversion is you design it as, then that will determine how your your store or your website is laid out. That's a really, really good point about a conversion not always being a sale. And I think that's something that we all sometimes take for granted. You know, we think of conversions a lot of the time automatically as meaning a monetary transaction or, you know, just a call about actually making a purchase. But you're right. You know, when I measure the podcast site and the way that Excellence Expected is performing, there are certain metrics that I've got and count as different conversions. So that's something that I think certain people really struggle with because it's not it's not always obvious, especially if you're moving from an offline traditional style bricks and mortar business into online. It's not always that obvious, is it? Is that something that you come across? Do you do you help people get their minds around actually what counts as a conversion for you? I do. And one of the things that I tell people is when we're just talking about websites in particular is that every page should have an objective. And I find a lot of websites where people put up content, they put up a page and there's no clear objective. There's no call to action. There's no conversion. And sometimes the conversion might just be to go to a new page. You know, if you're sending people to your blog, for example, that your objective might be you just want them to read a lot of articles. You know, a lot of news sites are like this. They want you to spend a lot of time on their site because the more time you spend, the more potential they have for page page views and ads. So they're not selling anything. But they want you, their conversion is, after you read an article, then go to a new article. That's why they've got all those links at the bottom of other articles, because they want you to keep to keep clicking. So we need to keep in mind that each page should have an objective. It should have a call to action. And no, no page should be put up there just because it's good for SEO or because we want content. It's got to have a reason to exist. It's got to have a call to action. That's a fantastic way of, of articulating that. That's a really, really great example. And Trajan, which kind of websites, well, you know, when you're demoing this, or if you're talking to clients and you're looking for specific examples, in your mind, which websites have got this really, really right? And, and why have they got this so right? 
One website that jumps out to me is Zappos.com. I don't think it's real big in, in Europe. It's owned by Amazon. So Amazon could be a good example as well, where it's just strictly e-commerce. And if, you'll, if, you, if you surf around both of those sites, Amazon, but more so Zappos, you'll notice that they have a clear path they want you to take. Every page has a clear objective. And it's obvious because you go to their site and it's mostly white and blue, except for whatever it is they want you to do. So you'll, you go to their site and you'll see that there's a big search bar at the top, which is vital for e-commerce stores. And it's a big orange button next to the search bar. Then if you go to a product page, the buy now button, which they don't call buy now, they, they call it something else, but that button is orange as well. So it stands out. So in my, in my talk at New Media Europe, I talked about Ikea and how as a physical store, it's laid out in such a way that they're taking you through an obvious path. You go into the store, they make you go through this maze to go through all of the products because that increases the likelihood that you're going to pick one up even though you don't, you don't need it. You're going through the maze and you're going to pass all the products on the way to the products that you, that you went there for. You're going to leave there with more products and then the trail ends at the cash register. And that's how I think of websites. And if I compare it to IKEA to a site like Zappos.com, Z-A-P-P-O-S.com, or Amazon, they're doing the exact same thing that IKEA does, where they're leading you through a path. You go to the site, you see a bunch of products, the orange button is saying, screaming out to you, click here and search for the products you want. You go to the product page and there's another button that stands out to place it into your cart. And you're going in there, they're showing you other products as you're going through the process. And then you end up at the cash register, just like you do in a well-designed physical store like Ikea. It's a really great example, Ikea. And when, when you picture the Ikea roadmap, if you like, going through that, they are very strategically sending you down a path. And the one thing that, that you mentioned earlier about the kind of traditional retail, you know, sticking the chocolate at the front and making you walk past it to get to the uh to get to the staple products you know the bread the milk and so on when you think about ikea and the way that that does that right at the end you've got the low ticket stuff because you're kind of already in the mindset that you've spent x amount on some wardrobes or whatever so what what's the harm in a little bit more on some of these throwaway items so you can end up racking right. up such a lot and actually that brings to mind like the amazons you know when you go through their conversion process you make a sale or you're just about to make a sale man they are on you they are asking you to put all sorts of things in your basket aren't they they are yeah and and grocery stores have historically done very good at this where you go to check out and they've got that whole row of of gum and candy bars and all those small items like you mentioned because they're counting on you while you wait in line to look over that stuff and just think, oh, that's only a dollar. I'll throw that in and I'll throw this in. I'll throw in a couple of trashy magazines and and because I'm just standing here and those are small incidental items right before you check out. A company that does a great job of this, maybe they do too too good of a job of this because it gets annoying a little bit, but it's GoDaddy.com. They, if you go there and buy a domain, it's $8 for a domain and then they ask you, about 15 other things that go with it that they want you to add to your shopping cart. But a lot of e-commerce stores does do a great job of this if they pair up what you're buying with something that matches with 
an upsell or a cross sale. So you go to an online e-commerce store and you buy, let's say you buy a hat, then you put that in your shopping cart. If they ask you, do you want a scarf and gloves to go with that? The chances that you're going to add those to your cart are very, are high. But if they say, do you want a bologna sandwich to go with your hat? Then that doesn't really fit. So the, the conversion rate for the bologna sandwich is not going to be as high because they're not serving to you what you is a complimentary product. I mean, that's kind of standard economics, but that can really be put into place in a retail store physically or online. Yeah. Again, some great examples and a good idea. I really are very good at it. There's a, um, there's another example, which is the one, two, three reg guys, very similar kind of domain, <laughs> similar domain, excuse the pun. Man, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I'm just going to go. We're finished. <laughs> but you're right, you know, that they, they do that. And they, they also step sell you, you know, they step sell you through the process. I often use the example that, that I chat through frequently, frequently with Don at the studio, which is, you know, if you walk into a restaurant and the instant that you walk in, the manager comes over and says, hello, Mr. King, great to see you. Here's your table. By the way, you're going to spend £200 tonight. You're instantly think, well, thinking, well, wait a minute, you, what? I don't want to spend that amount. But suddenly, right. if you're, would you like some olives? Would you like some bread? Maybe you like a, a bottle of wine. Maybe you'd like a starter, main dessert, maybe some coffees. And actually, when you get the bill and it's £200, you're like, well, of course it's £200. <laughs> of course <laughs> it is. So it's, it's also about painting that picture of the value as well, I think, sometimes. You know, you can educate whilst you're taking people on that journey. Yeah, I think that's a great example. And the reason why sites like like GoDaddy and others in the same domain do so well is because they're giving you they're getting you in on a lower price but then they're giving you what you want what fits with what you're looking for like in a restaurant if they are if if you're sitting in a restaurant and they're upselling you which is what part of the waiter's job at least in the states is is to upsell you sell you more sell you the wine and the desserts and whatever you're more likely to buy that but then if the guy comes by your table and wants to sell you roses or sell you trinkets, you know, like people do, then you're not, you don't buy that because it doesn't fit in with what you're there to do. If you're there at the restaurant to eat and enjoy yourself, just like you're a GoDaddy to buy services to help your website. And if what they offer you solves some of those same problems like hunger or enjoying yourself or making your website run better, then the conversion is going to be a lot higher to that rather if they just sell you something that is not related, which is, I think is a mistake that, that is sometimes made with website owners when they just kind of tack on all of the products that they offer and offer it to people that are going through their funnel, even if they don't relate to what the person came for. Let's just dig into that actually a little further trading. So when you think about some of the mistakes that you see on people's websites, you know, some of the things that stop these things converting to the best of their ability, have you got any examples of what some of those things are? And I'm, I'm very curious to see how this resonates with those guys that are running websites as well. So what are some examples of the mistakes that we make? I think one of the top ones is having too much content because it's so easy to put, to put content on our websites, uh, a lot of text or links or, or pictures or whatever, and it can muddle the message, like we said earlier, that each page should have should have one distinct call to action, one message, and a very clear objective. And often I'll go to a page, and I'm sure you see this a lot because you, you're involved with this every day, where it's 
you go to the page and you, you don't know what they want you to do on that page. There's no clear message, no clear action they want you to take. It's just a lot of stuff, especially a lot of text. People don't have, they don't have time for that. And then a related problem is asking people to make more than three clicks to find what it is they're looking for. And if you look at your Google Analytics, you can get an idea of how much time and how many pages you have to sell somebody or to engage them in whatever conversion you want them to engage. And generally, it's not very, very long. The average time on a website is, is just very minimal. For, for a good site, it could be a couple of minutes, but usually it's for the first-time visitor, it's very low, less than a couple of minutes, maybe even 30 seconds. The most the, the average page pages they're going to visit is going to be three to five if you're a good engaging site. So you have initially to make a first impression, you only have a few seconds, but then you only have three clicks to get people to where you want them to go. So if you've got a lot of content and you've got a lot of pages and you're asking them to jump through a lot of hoops, they're not going to take time to figure it out and read through all of your content to figure out what you want them to do they're just going to bounce. They're going to leave. So I think those are two big errors that people make is too much content and not having a clear, a clear funnel or a clear objective of what you want people to do when they're on your site. The thing that that pops into my mind then is the, the idea that most small business owners and, and, you know, I'm, I'm saying this from the perspective of someone that works with small business and actually is in small business. And, the, the point that I'm going to make is that we assume that this feels expensive. And what I mean by that is there are certain things that we can do ourselves to give ourselves a fighting chance out of the blocks when we launch our website, or when we want to tweak our website. Yes, the more advanced work, the testing, the split work, and you know, working with guys like yourself, that requires some investment. But actually, it feels like with some common sense, you can just think through some of these processes and actually do something right from day one. Is that a fair assessment? Right. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And it, it brings to mind the paradox of choice that that famous psychology study that was, that was done in a, in a grocery store where they had, they had a control group and a testing group. And in one group they had three different kinds of, I think it was ketchup or, or soup or something where they were selling. So they were selling, let's say it was soup. They had three different kinds of flavors of soup available one day. And then they tracked how many people bought the soup out of when they had three choices. And then the next day they had a test where they had 21 different, different kinds of soup. And then they tracked how many people bought the soup. And this, it seems counterintuitive, but more people made a purchase when they only had three choices. And in our minds, we think, well, they would be more likely to buy if they had a lot more choices because people like choice. But when it comes down to it, the scientists found when they did the study, or, so, or uh, psychologists found that people got overwhelmed with too many choices. Now, this manifests itself when on a website, especially in the navigation bar at the top, where people put everything that is possible to do on their website, they put it in the top navigation even and especially the things that should be in a footer or not there at all, where there are a lot of buttons and there are drop downs because they want to give people the choice to go anywhere they want, which is a mistake. And what we learned from the paradox of choice is don't give them a lot of choices. Tell them where you want them to go 
and narrow down the, the options and they're more likely to go where you want them to go and they're more likely to make a choice. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, if you just take that one thing away, guys, that is that is a massive, massive thing to consider when you're building your website. Amazing stuff, sir. So we're going to shift a gear now. We're going to move into the actionable takeaways section of the episode. So Trajan, I know you've put some time into three actionable takeaways for people that are looking to increase their own website conversion. So if we may, sir, let's dig in to actionable tip number one. Okay, uh, one of these is a repeat, but I think it's worth repeating, and that is to think of your website like it's an IKEA. Think about the path that you want a visitor to take, and most importantly, make that path very obvious. So if I was giving everybody homework, I would say to go to zappos.com and notice how they lay out their pages to make it very obvious where they want you to go and what they want you to do on their website. So number one is think of your website like IKEA. Maybe stick one of those fancy little meatball shacks at the end of it as well, because that gets me, man. <laughs> oh, those meatballs are so good. Oh, they're divine. I convert, I convert every time when I go like <laughs> They've optimized that. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, as, as, as crass as that sounds, there's a reason it's at the end. You know, that's it, yeah. it's genius, isn't it, really? Super stuff. So think of your website like it's an IKEA. Fantastic. Actionable tip number two, please, sir. Okay, number two, we haven't talked about this, but it's the color scheme. So think of the color scheme and the navigation of your site and make sure they support your goals. And this is related to, to partially to number one, is you want to highlight the action you want people to take on your page with color. So don't overdo your page with a lot of different colors because that will be overwhelming. And the color scheme psychologically really does have an effect on people. And I mentioned... At the beginning, when I was talking about Zappos.com, their, their buy button is orange, but it doesn't have text on there that says buy. And I think that is, is interesting because they do a lot of testing. They test the colors. They test the color scheme. They test what really works with people. So if the color scheme doesn't match the message of your website, then think about changing your, your color. So if you've got a, a website that sells like sells towels and sheets and laundry uh, laundry items and it's black and gray, then that doesn't really jive with the message of your website. So you want to make sure that the color scheme uh, matches up with what, the, what your brand is and the colors direct people to where you want them to go and make things, certain things stand out. Super stuff. Amazing. So the third and final actionable tip, sir. Each page, and we talked about this before, each page has one call to action. And also consider, we, we didn't talk about this, but consider that a lot of times people are coming into your website not through the homepage, especially if you're doing a lot of SEO and content marketing. People come in from all different directions. They could land on your website through an article. They could come to your Contact Us page. They could come anywhere. So make sure that you think of your funnel uh, not just starting from the very beginning from the homepage, but starting from any page that you've got in your site because people will land on every page and they'll start there. So make sure you give them a direction to go, even if they don't land on your homepage. That's a great idea. And we see it in, in, in the podcasting world quite a lot. Or, you know, the people that are really into personal branding um, and, and they really go straight at it. They, they literally put on the site, start here. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the start of the funnel and it guides people through, which I find 
when I first saw that, I thought to myself, do you know what? That seems so overly simple. Can that genuinely work? And I tried it on my side and man, it works. It's, it's amazing because people kind of want to just be told what to do, don't they? They just want simplicity. Yeah, I've got it on my side as well because I've, I've found that the people come in in a lot of different ways and I don't want people to get lost. I don't want them to go to a page and think that's all there is. Especially if you've got a big website, you might have a lot of great content and if people don't arrive at the, the point where you, you, you want them to, they're going to miss a lot of it unless you give them a direction and it's something as simple as start here, which it seems kind of stupid if you land on the site from the homepage. But if you land on any of the other page, it, it makes a lot more sense that they're directing you back to where they want you to go. And that's a great page for putting a lot of your, your best content or action items or things you want them to do. Yeah, it really does work. It's an, it's an amazingly simple thing that you can do. So I, uh, yeah, I completely advocate that and completely agree with that. Trajan, that has been such a good episode. I've learned a heck of a lot myself, so thank you so much for doing that. And just before we stick a pin in it, where is the best place for people to connect with you online, sir? The best place to connect with me would be on my community website, which is invinciblestartup.com. That's my, my training community and where I network with a lot of, uh, a lot of the members. So uh, you can find me there or you can find me on Twitter at Trajan King. Super stuff. Check it out, guys. And Trajan, thank you so much once again. It's been a real pleasure. Man, this has been a blast. Thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. Always fun, sir. Always fun. And hey, guys, don't forget, if there's anything that you've missed at all, any of the fantastic tips, it wasn't just the three tips that Trajan put out there. I mean, there's so much value right from the start of this episode. So if you need anything, head over to excellence-expected.com where you'll find a copy of the show notes in some depth, complete with links, Trajan's tips and everything you need to make the most of this episode. And whilst you're over there, don't forget you can pick up your free copy of any one of a number of small business resources. So go ahead and dive in. They will definitely, definitely help you. Thanks again for listening, guys. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye for now.